All right, welcome to the shows, boys and girls. Uh, back again. Uh, I missed the last couple weeks on Football Fridays just because we've been busy throughout the week the last two weeks. So today we actually were able to get one up, get one out, and put this banger out for you guys. Uh, we got some few things to talk about before we get to our football picks for the weekend. Uh, as always, make your bets smart, folks. But listen to this guy, all right? I know what I'm talking about a little bit. Uh, we are currently in our ESPN league that we're doing called the We're in the Swami's Picks for uh, football. We're 26 and 22 on the year uh, through the first three weeks. You know, the uh, Jets game, uh, the Cowboys game, the Raiders game, and the Jaguars all screwed us over last week. So, those are four losses. But, hey, we got this week's picks in as well. So, let's first of all, let's give a round of applause to Ronald Acuna Jr. for becoming the first player ever to hit 40 dingers and have 70 stolen bases in the season. As we can, uh, just to put this in this perspective, uh, he's batting 336 this year uh he has 213 hits he's walked 78 times he's only struck out 82 which is kind of crazy for now as we have power hitters that just you know swing for the fence the entire time which hey more power to you Kyle Schwerber love you baby um he's got 104 RBIs on the year uh, he does have a 414 OPS um Let's see. So, now that he's part of the he's joined the 4040 club, let's uh, talk about who's part of that 4040 club. Uh, there's Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and Alfonso Soriano. None of those guys ever stole more than 46 bases, nor did they ever hit 46 homers. More than 46 homers when they were doing the 4040 club. Uh, is Ocuna going to hit 46 dingers? Probably not. There's only uh, four games left for the Braves. And he needs about five dongs, um, five dingers. I shouldn't say dongs on the podcast. All sick-minded guys out there that listen to this thing. Uh, so he, uh, I, I have a feeling that he'll sit and get a little, you know, get a little rest since he has played uh, in since he does have 634 at bats this year and has played in almost every single game. Uh, so. He is one of only three players in Major League history to hit 30 dingers and have 50 stolen bases. The other two are Eric Davis and Barry Bonds. Um, he's also the only player to hit 35 dingers and still 60 bases. Um, also, this is his second time, or this is his first time actually in the 40-40 club, but this is the second time he's actually had a shot at it. Um, in 2019, he hit 41 dingers and stole 37 bases. Now, I'm going to say this right now. If this guy isn't a unanimous MVP, there's something wrong since we have just have a historic season with this guy. Now, there's a lot of guys out there saying, well, he stole 70 bases, but the bases are bigger and they can only throw over to first base like twice. So what? Like, baseball encouraged stolen bases with the rule changes. Baseball has encouraged the movement of the game with the pitch clock. Like, I, 
I think some of you old heads, and I'm going to call the old heads on this because you guys are the ones that are like saying, well, Ricky Henderson, Tim Raines, Vince Coleman, Kenny Lofton, all those guys would have like 5,000 stolen bases if they had these type of, uh, this, these type of rules. Um, excuse me, sirs, ma'ams, and anybody else that they're uh, out there trying to set this up, but uh, you realize that the average game length in the 80s and 90s was like 2 hours and 47 minutes. So that means pitchers weren't throwing over to first bakes 7 times in at bat, 8 times in at bat. They weren't stepping off the mound another 3 times just to hold the guy at first base. Because here's the deal. Analytics changed baseball. Once once Moneyball came into play, play and we started talking about on-base percentage and how that's probably more prevalent than what a batting average is or how or how well guys hit balls in play, like the, what their batting average balls in play is. Like we slowed the game down a lot because we're taking more pitches. We're seeing I mean, Schwarber, even though he struck out over 206 times, he uh, still sees almost five pitches in that bat. All right? So we're so we're seeing more pitches at a bat. We're laboring pitchers. Like, Framber Valdez threw 73 pitches through four innings th- this week. Like, we're seeing that, okay? So... In order to speed up the game, you have to dial some things back. Did they make the bases bigger? Yeah, they did. But that doesn't mean that the shortstop or the second baseman covering the, the covering the second base covering second base um, isn't isn't allowed to block that somewhat of a, of a play. Remember how you're all taught to block the bag. Let's go. Like, that's that's a thing that can still be done. That's not against the rules right now, okay? You also have it to the fact of if he throws, if the pitcher throws over twice, then yeah. Then, um, then obviously the runner's going to know. But the two stolen bases that Acuna had last, this week, against the Cubs, the pitcher didn't even throw over. He just outright stole them. Like, the catchers aren't – and see, and that's another real problem I have because they're like, with the rule changes, well, first of all, Mike Piazza, considered the one of the greatest catchers of all time, only threw out runners at like a 20% clip. Like, give me a break. Like, you don't have guys throwing out dudes like Benito Santiago from his knees. Like, you don't have that anymore. So maybe we should get our catchers to throw, learn how to throw down to second base to – throw guys out maybe we should do that instead of worrying about whether or not the guy's gonna get an extra step because you can't throw over to first base that third time like give me a break boys and girls like the man had 70 stolen bases and he hit 41 dingers the man had a 336 batting average this dude is playing out of his mind and if you take away his acl and also the covid year this dude has already eclipsed most Hall of Famers in his first five years. Okay? So, let's give Acuna his due because the man is incredible. All right? He's got, he's definitely a five-tool player. 
that we all talk about, that we all thought Mike Trout would be. Like, we we do this over and over and over again with something, 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 something. Always, It's always something. Well, if Jordan played in today's game, he'd put up uh, 75 points a game. Or if, you know, because they, cause we lessen the defense. No, like, the game evolved in basketball, just like the way the game is evolving in baseball. I understand change is hard for you guys. I get that. Because that's that's the thing. Is change is going to happen because all you guys that are old heads, like all the guys that were born in the 70s and 80s and came up in the 90s with the juniors and the Thomases and still live in those days, what's happening is you guys are becoming the our our parents and grandparents that still lived back in the 50s and 60s with the Kofaxes and the Williams and the Gibsons and and how much better those guys were because because they did this this and this like no they had a lower mound and and then they raised the mound and they didn't oh well they didn't have any arm trouble back then no nobody knew about it you gotta remember Sandy Kofax his first six years he was a shit pitcher. Pardon my language, but he was an absolutely horrible pitcher the first six years. And then all of a sudden, they they lowered the mound a little bit, and then he becomes an elite pitcher, and then he ends up retiring because of tired shoulderness. No, he probably had a torn rotator tater cuff, or or should say I should say he retired because of a tired arm. Either he had a torn rotator cuff, or he had uh, the UCL. You know, he needed Tommy John. That wasn't invented yet because Tommy John didn't need Tommy John yet until the 70s. Like, and then y'all want to, and then another thing is, y'all want to say, well, all the guys in the early, late 90s and early 2000s were just using the juice. Like, okay, but Hank Aaron freely admits that he used amphetamines. Willie Mays freely admits, freely admits that he used greenies. Like, give me it. You guys are either... All in or all out on eras. That's all you can be. You guys can't be picking and choosing here. It does nothing for nobody. And all it does is it just lessens the, the, um, what, what that era actually was all about. It just lessens the value of that. Like, and I, and I get it. You guys are, you know, living your guys' little bubble and all this and other stuff, but give the man his due. That's all I'm saying. I mean, cause, and and again, back to him being MVP. Here's the deal: this this is what's gonna happen. I can see it now because it happens every year when you have a super t- a really good team like what the Braves have. The Braves are running through everybody this year, but Matt Olson is also having a phenomenal year, leading the league in in, in dingers, really high in the RBIs, got a pretty decent batting average, right? So what's gonna happen is, oh well, Acuna he was he was. Uh, Aided by the the new rules, and that's why he was able to put up a forty seventy season. So we're gonna give a few votes to for a few first place votes to Olsen, a few first place votes to Kuna, and then they're gonna split that vote, right? So then what's gonna happen is then you're gonna have Mookie Betts in there, who, granted, had a great year. He has he has a higher WAR, which WAR is is BS. Okay. As, as I've said, we've used war on this show before. We've used war before. But after I've dug into it, war 
it doesn't tell the story. You gotta still look at the stats. War's a nice. Oh well, yeah, it's wins above replacement. Okay, so this guy provided me an eight extra wins. Well, he's provided eight point three. Acuna's provided eight point one. Like, give me a break here. All right, so you're gonna have bets sneak in and probably end up winning the MVP award, which is ridiculous to me because Acuna is your MVP, hands down, no doubt about, no doubt about it. All right, then let's also, you know. Let's talk about how the Baseball Writers Association, and I'm one of them, that gets things wrong when it comes to the Hall of Fame. However, I did do some investigating, and the committees have actually (laughs) did more inductions into the Hall of Fame than what the Baseball Writers Association has had. It seems like the Baseball Writers Association has uh, definitely vented, vetted their their folks that they put in, which I was quite quite surprised. Because I think with the Hall of Fame, as I uh, went and visited this summer, it's a little, it's not watered down. I would say, I would say, there's a lot of guys in there that was put in there by their friends back in the '60s and '70s that probably don't deserve to be there. All right, Dave Bancroft of Sioux City, Iowa, probably doesn't deserve to be there, but he, but apparently he was a defensive whiz back in the day, but he just happened to be also on the championship team of the New York Giants that he was the only member that wasn't in yet. So, there's that. Um, so maybe we should relook at some of the Hall of Fame guys. Maybe we should start putting guys in like I don't know Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Let's get over ourselves and. Let's start putting those guys in, okay? Let's start putting Don Mattingly in. All-time gold glove winner at first base for in the, in the AL. Keith Hernandez, put him in the Hall of Fame. Gold Glover. We broke down both their careers on this show. They both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. All right? There, there's been plenty of evidence that shows those two guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, before the steroid allegations, or in or in Clemson's case, before the B12 shots, he was already a Hall of Famer. The dude had already had four Cy Youngs, my man. Like, again, let's get over ourselves because that's what the problem is. We all are trying to expect these pro athletes to have to live to a higher standard of morals than. We basically put them on a pedestal. I shouldn't say higher standard morals than us because because I'm not going out there and do steroids, but that's just me, okay? I'm not going to go out there and pop some greenies, but that's just me, okay? I'm just saying, that's just, that's just my prerogative, all right? But let's not throw when, let's not say, well, these guys can't be in the Hall of Fame because they did this, this, and this. And... When we have Hall of Famers that have that are in the Hall of Fame right now that have done this, this, and this, like they've all done drugs, they've all done something. I mean, I was talking to my talking to my coworker Brett Flowers, who has a BaseballReference.com page because he's a former minor leaguer, played in Japan, played in the minor leagues, played at um, Cal State, uh, um, played at the University of California. 
Santa Barbara, I do believe, or Sacramento. One of the two. Anyway, he's played, um, but been around future pro athletes all his life growing up out there in California. All right. And he has said that no matter what, you have to be taking something to get yourself through 162 games. That's all there is to it. Like, guys are probably drinking five-hour energy drinks before games. You don't think that, like, hypens your alertness? You do it on a Monday, bro. All right? So, let's not say, well, we can't use, they can't use this or this or this. But when other diets were, but when the whole entire system was using it, and we know 80 to 90% of the players in the in the late 80s all the way through the early 2000s was using the juice. I mean, you had your few guys that weren't, and I get that. They were the they were the clean guys, okay? But they'll guess what? They'll won championships with guys that were juicing. <laughs> I mean, we're not taking away Derek Jesus five championships away. We're not taking Matt, Greg Maddox's multiple trips to the MLC or NLCS. We're not taking away the Braves' championship because I can tell you for a fact, Ron Gantler was probably juicing. Look at this dude's arms, okay? And look what, what he, he used to be a skinny guy, and then all of a sudden the dude becomes jacked like he's going to enter a bodybuilding competition, all right? I love Ron Gant, by the way. I actually, you know what? Here's, here's a little fun fact for you. I'm a Cubs fan, diehard, through and through, bleed blue and red. I mean, not just because my blood's blue on the inside, and then when it comes out and hits oxygen, it becomes red. No, because I'm a Cubbies fan, all right? Cubs fan through and through. Been one my entire life. Born into it, okay? Born into this crazy fandom of Chicago Cubs, right? But the 90s Braves, I secretly loved that team. I would tell everybody I hated them, hated the Braves. But I secretly loved them. It's kind of like this deal. You know how all in like the the late 90s we had boy bands you had NSYNC 98 Degrees LFO um let's see NSYNC Backstreet Boys 98 Degrees LFO I mean the boys the men 112 like you had all these guys right and every, all the dudes were like oh I hate them I hate them I hate them right I'm, I'm all into rap I only listen to Eminem so I listen to I only listen to Snoop Dogg Dr. Dre I only listen to Biggie Smalls. Like, that's, that's all I do. No, dude. No. Here's the deal. Your girlfriend's throwing on NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or the girl you're trying to get with back then. And guess what? You're jamming out to it. Because you deep down love that stuff. All right? You deep down need to be part of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Just saying. Like, that, that, that was... You had to look like... You had to get that look. Like, you weren't... Like, if you guys were bleaching their hair to be Eminem and wearing white t-shirts and jeans and whatnot, but most dudes were out there getting their ears pierced, trying to grow a goatee, getting blonde tips, because they wanted to be a member of the NSYNC or Backstreet Boys crew because they were getting all the ladies. Like, that's how it was. So deep down, you were also learning their song so then you could serenade, serenade that girl as well. Just saying, my man. Like, let's, let's, not, get over, let's not get ahead of ourselves about what we dislike or hated back in the 90s and i actually love the braves just just saying like even now i i secretly love the braves i will secretly and this is this is just me being honest and coming out to you guys on this podcast you know the 15 to 20 of you that listen to this show 
And deep down, um, the Braves are good, and the Braves are going to win a championship this year. Okay. So, what have we learned so far? Well, we've learned that I'm an NSYNC fan. And if you didn't know that already, well, now you do. We also learned that I'm a Braves fan as well, even though I'm a Cubs fan, which those two things cannot go together, but they do. And it all started because Greg Maddox decided to jump ship. I'm telling you. It was because Greg Maddox was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to let my agent decide what team I'm going to play for because there's a half a million dollars difference between the Cubs offer and the Braves offer, and I really don't care which one I go to. And, of course, his agent's like, you know what? You're going to go to the Braves. Then he goes and wins Cy Young's. Gets the NLCS multiple times, wins a World Series finally, you know. So, there's all that. And, and yeah, so really it was Greg Maddox. Oh, and then it was also the Chicks Love Long Balls commercial, by the way, because here's the deal. Major League Baseball, when they put out, when they do fun stuff, they're a fun league, Okay. When you you had the chicks dig the long ball, you had the Brizzo company, like when they market their players, they do it in a fun way, and the baseball needs to do that more often. Okay, that's what they need to do. Baseball needs to market their players more often, have it in a fun, lighthearted way. So with the rules changes, market your players. We can make baseball more than a twelve billion dollar industry. Okay. Um, also, we were talking to this. I was talking to into with one of my buddies, uh, the streams, uh, Mister Fallen Angel, Fallen Angel, uh, seven twenty two eighty two on Twitch. Uh, him and you know going back and forth uh, about how how Major League Baseball TV regional TV deals are basically going to go away, which I believe they're they're already going to go away because of the fallout they've already had with the Fox Sports West and how they had to file bankruptcy and the Dodgers lost a crap ton of money, how basically all these regional sports channels are basically going away slowly and surely. So then MLB is going to actually have to do what the NBA and the NFL do, which is they're going to have to come to a table with ESPN, NBC, Fox Sports, and then tie down a league-wide TV rights deal, which that – is going to be phenomenal. However, they're going to have to pay an abundance of amount of money, and I don't think that's going to happen because, and then you got to split it up between all the teams, which you're going to have like a bunch of owners pissed off about that because they already don't like revenue sharing as it is because, you know, the Angels or the A's, sorry. Oh, and the Angels too. Angel, yeah, the A's and the Angels are two good examples of how they get revenue sharing and then don't put it back into the team. Just saying. So. So I think that's eventually going to have to happen. You're going to have to eventually pay for your Major League Baseball, which, hey, I have MLB the app, um, and I have T-Mobile, so I get the free baseball all year long. And I also think with having a actual national media rights deal with, with the um, media companies, that you're going to open it up to where you no longer have blackout issues. I mean... You gotta remember, I live seven, eight hours away from Chicago. I get a blackout from the White Sox and the Cubs. I live eight hours away from Milwaukee and St. Louis. Blackout from both those teams. Six hours from the Twins. Blackout from that one. Four and a half from KC. Blackout from that one. So I got, what, six teams that I'm blacked out from? Cool deal, bro. Thank you for showing up. Or five teams, I guess. 
So yeah, so I think that's that's gonna go. I think blackout is gonna end up going away as well once you do get rid of get rid of those regional and local TV deals. I mean, the Cubs on marquee. The only reason why they're blacked out for me is because Iowa borders Illinois. So, and that's really how basically they they somewhat kind of base it off sometimes is what states border other states which is kind of crazy but then i know the guys out on the southeast they're like well i live in north carolina but i can't watch a, a orioles game and last time i checked north carolina maryland don't touch but whatever that's not my problem but i do think that's going to be a change as well so there's my rundown of the baseball glad you guys had 25 minutes of that much fun it was a real joy for me too now let's get on the other news of the week let's get on the damian lillard trade dame dollar y'all all right he is getting traded to the milwaukee bucks he's gonna play alongside of Giannis antacumpo uh compliment whatever can never pronounce that as like he's uh Giannis and also chris middleton so dame lillard is now going to be the point guard of the bucks they still have a really good team just saying the bucks roster for the year is still going to be like super solid okay so you have dame at your point right you got your you got Giannis, chris middleton uh you still have malik beasley you still have bobby portis Still have Brooke Lopez in the middle. You still got Pat Connaughton. Uh, you got, oh, Robin Lopez is on the team now? Jeez. And, I mean, like, this team is still pretty uh, pretty solid, my guys. And don't forget they got Drew Timmy. You know, the guy that played seven years on Gonzaga. That guy. Yeah. So, the, the Bucks are your team to beat in the East. I'm just saying. Now, let's see who is all part of this trade. So, the Bucks get Dame Lillard. Okay. Then you got the Suns trading away DeAndre Ayton and Tumani Kamara. Okay, the Blazers also received received Drew Holiday from the Bucks, plus an unprotected first round pick, plus swaps in twenty eight and thirty. That's not swaps of picks twenty eight and thirty. No, that's swaps of twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty. For anybody that doesn't realize that. 2008 was 15 years ago just saying and y'all probably think it was just a couple years ago i know crazy times we live in we got older the suns received grayson allen duke chump keon johnson nasir little and yusuf nurkic okay so does that make a lot of sense for anybody to me the one that the two Here's the deal. I think the Suns took a real loss on this one, but I also know why they did it. They had to shave salary. DeAndre Ayton is making like, I don't know, $25 million a year. So you got rid of him. But I understand you got Booker, Durant, and Bradley Beal, right, on that Suns roster. But you don't have anybody to play down low, right? Like, uh, I'm not wrong on this, am I? Like, the Suns don't have a center now, now that they got rid of DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's just just my thoughts on this, that they really don't have a center. 
Um, I do feel like the, 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 I feel like the, the Blazers definitely did the right trade and got uh, the most they could out of uh, trading away their best player. Um, and, uh, don't forget they still have CJ McCollum as well. So, I mean, they're not really losing a whole lot here. So... I'm looking at the Suns roster, and they got Bol Bol for a center. They got Yudoka Azubuki as a center. Uh, they got Nurkic. Um, so, yeah. And then Eric Gordon jumped from the Clippers to the Suns. That guy's a little... He's no longer a good guy anymore in my book. As soon as you go from the Clippers to the Suns. But, whatever. So, yeah, uh, so I think the Suns are definitely nuts for trading away uh, DeAndre Ayton, okay? So, that that's a bad deal. Um, the Blazers roster definitely got better, though. It, as much as you want to, as much as I want to say, ah, it didn't, I also want to say, yes, it did, okay? Because you have the... What was Scoot Henderson? The number two or number three guy, right? Plus they got Chris Murray. I mean, these guys are some young dudes. Like, uh, oh, I guess, what the, hold up. CJ McCollum, okay. Where have I been that CJ McCollum doesn't play for the uh, Blazers anymore? Am I losing my mind here, folks? Did he go somewhere or what? Uh, oh yeah, I guess he plays for the, pa when the hell did he go to the New Orleans? Was that last year? Am I like way behind on times here? Did I really, did I really, oh no, 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 yeah, just, he went last, oh my gosh, I'm way behind the times here. For some reason I thought McCollum was still up in Portland. Okay, well, Portland is definitely young and they're really gonna go after that first round pick again, I guess, huh? No, I'm just kidding. Scoot Henderson, uh, I think that, that young group can actually be something. And then you got Aiton as your center. Oh, man. Yeah, the Blazers are going to surprise some teams. Uh, I'd say they at least win 33 games. That about That's about right. I still think they can win 33 games. So, But the Bucks are the team to beat because there's no one else in the East that has anything like this. I mean... You got uh, Jimmy Butler down in Miami. You got Jason and Tatum and Jalen Brown out in the out in Boston, but they don't have a they don't have a third. Um, you got right now Harden and and uh, Embiid, but Harden wants out, so there's that. So I'm definitely gonna give a B plus grade to the Blazers for what they got in return. They did a really good job on this. Um, giving the Suns an F because they traded away DeAndre Ayton and no longer have a center. And I'm giving the Bucks a B on this because I felt like they gave up one too many draft picks. Just saying. Like, you got rid of some squad, but you shouldn't have given up. You, shouldn't have, you should have only done one swap and not two swaps. So, there's that's how that works out. Alright. So... 
now we got the base basketball news down because basketball's right around the corner, boys and girls. It's fun time of year is right now. Yeah, football going on. You got hockey going on right now in training camps. You got basketball. It's going to be start training camps here in October. You got college football, which we haven't even gotten to the collapse of either the um, of what happened with Colorado this weekend against Oregon this last weekend, losing forty-two to six. We haven't even got to the Notre Dame can't apparently count past ten for only having ten players on the field for those last two plays against Ohio State and ended up losing. We are not even talking about how Miami beat down Denver seventy to twenty and then they had a chance to go for the record and you don't kick the field goal. I'm sorry. This isn't Pop Warner football, folks. We're not gonna just turn the scoreboard off because we're fifty points ahead. Kick the field goal Make some history with you. Just saying. Okay? I mean, we're not talking about the... I haven't even talked about the Cowboys, how they imploded against the Cardinals. Because... And then they want to say, well, we didn't have Diggs. Like, excuse me? Your defense didn't even show up. So, whether Diggs is there or not, your defense still didn't show up. Alright? Because you should not have lost to the Arizona Cardinals and Josh Dobbs. Just saying. Um, I mean... The Jets are definitely in a free fall right now because of everything. So, yeah, this is a give up on Zach Wilson. He's got to be like dating the owner's daughter or something. Uh, I know he's into moms, but maybe just maybe he's dating someone's daughter that's in the organization at this point. So that's where that's where I'm at in this this lovely time. Lovely crisis of times. Um, the Raiders, I don't know what's going As a Raiders fan, I don't even know what's going on the Raiders right now because we shouldn't have lost to the Steelers. I mean, Devontae Adams has a game and a half. But the problem is we have Devontae Adams, oh, sprinkled in with Jacoby Myers, sprinkled in with Josh Jacobs. Like, we're not even using our full offense. So, that's a little disturbing. Uh, the Cubs, you know, had a was in... Uh, first place in September or not first place. They're a game and a half back of Milwaukee at the first week of September and now have almost fallen out of playoffs. Well, actually they are out of the last wild card right now because Miami holds the tiebreaker. So that comes to fruition for what Cubs actually used to stand for back in the day when I was growing up, which Cubs stands for. If you don't know this completely useless by September, just saying, okay. So, um, uh, so yeah, so we got, what do we got this weekend? We got USC, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's going to get blown out again, but then I don't see them losing any games after that. Um, we got, what else is on the, what's on the old college football schedule for all you football heads out there that we love? I love all you football heads. I'm not, like, I love, I like football. I like football. I mean, I'm just not a huge football fan like i like it like here's the deal if someone says oh you can't watch football for the rest of your life and i'd be like okay thank you very much i guess there's that oh well oh one last thing from this last weekend is how iowa got blown out by penn state uh 38 to nothing oh 31 nothing sorry 31 nothing this last week so there's 
that as well. That Brian Ferentz is on his way out the door, maybe for all you Iowa fans out there, which I don't know how many Iowa fans actually listen to this podcast because it's baseball and basketball. But we're trying to sprinkle in some football. Trying to sprinkle, we're trying to go back to where this podcast used to be about, which was I'm going to sprinkle in some sports history in here. Uh, but when I first started this thing, I was like, you know, we're going to talk about all the sports, right? So I did a racing podcast. I did this and this and this and this. And this just got a little bit too much, right? So then what I decided to do was like, you know what? Let's just do some sports history because I'm a history buff and I like talking sports history. Well, as I've reflected on that, I'm like, you know, what? I don't think we should make the whole show about history. I really think that we should just sprinkle in everything because my ADD kicks in. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like it is being taken care of. I don't have those dopamine hits that I need. So that's where we're at. And I just need to do something like this isn't a job. Like I know some people out there are like, oh, you got a podcast. What's your job? I'm like, no, podcast is my side gig. I don't, you know, unless you got, it's just for me to talk about my sports stuff, talk about, you know, my opinions, um, as, as everybody knows, it started off a whim, a phone conversation with my brother-in-law, and uh, has gone from there. So we've been at this for uh, a year and almost nine months now, and we're making good headway, but I just really need to be more consistent. And the only way I can be more consistent is if I expand back to what I originally was planning on with this podcast, which is to open it back up to all sports. So... Um, I'm still hesitant on doing interviews because I don't like talking to people a lot. I, I like talking, like, uh, I should say, I like talking to people. I just don't like interviewing people. That's my problem. If I can get somebody on here that just is what just comes in and just starts talking and we have a conversation back and forth, then that's great. But I don't want to have someone in here and like sit down and have to figure out all oh, this is the topic we're going to talk about. No, because my ADD doesn't work that way. By the way, it's unmedicated. So if anybody is out there then knows me, that's why I'm kind of loony sometimes. Just saying. So anyways, back to what's on for the college football slate this year now that we're off my tangent. Um, ooh, we got a great Friday night game. Utah-Oregon State. That's a Pac-2 rivalry right there because – and I say Pac-2 because – Utah is going to join the Big 12 next year, and Oregon State staying in the pack. So there's that. On Saturday, what do we got for Saturday? We got USC Colorado at 11. Uh, that's going to be the uh, noon Saturday squad with Urban Meyer and all those crazy guys on Fox. Uh, we got who else? We got here. We got Georgia Auburn. Eh. We got Michigan Nebraska. Eh. Oh, we got Texas Kansas. That looks good. Uh, as a top 25 matchup, but Texas is just going to blow them out. So there's that. Um, let's see. Oh, hey, uh, we got UNLV Hawaii. That's, let's not blow that UNLV. By the way, if you may, you don't know my college football team is UNLV. Trust me. I know. I have, I know everybody's out there like, damn, Chad, do you ever pick a team that wins? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. You know why? Because I like the pain of losing. That's why. Just, you know, just there's something there for me that just accentuates. I just like the pain of having my teams lose all the time. 
But every now and then, you know, I ha- I'll jump on a winner. And, I mean, I do follow Alabama. Alabama football. All right? Because they're my SEC team. See, back in the day, you know, back in before we had super conferences in college football, you could pick a team from every conference and didn't have to worry about them playing another team in another conference. So, like, my Big 12 team was Nebraska. Big 10 team, Iowa, because a family. And, yeah. Um, and then and big and Nebraska was because of Tommy Frazier, Lawrence Phillips, Irving Fryer, like those guys were kind of awesome. All right. Uh, then you had my then it was the WAC and not the Mountain West. It was UNLV. My aunt lived out in Vegas, you know, so went with a UNLV team. Uh, Pac-12 team, USC baby. All right. And then you got the ACC, Miami. All right. Well, actually, Miami was in the Big East. So then your ACC team is Florida State. Can't have those two things the same, but I do. And, you know, who doesn't love the U? Also, it's another little strange bit. As, as a guy that liked Nebraska, you really couldn't like the U at the same time either because that was a big rivalry in the 80s. Just saying for all you guys out there. But I did. You know why? Because of the swagger. See, here's another thing that if you guys don't know me I like guys that show up a little I wouldn't say cocky because to me it's just confidence baby it's just confidence with a little bit of arrogance and that's how I live my life is a little confidence with a little bit of arrogance and I feel like you know me liking guys like Keyshawn Johnson just give me the damn ball Randy Moss just throw me the rock uh, guys like Deion Sanders drawing dollar signs in the in the batter's box. Um, let's see, Michael Irvin. You know, like those are the guys that I I wanted to be a prima donna because everybody says wide receivers and cornerbacks are prima donnas, and yeah, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, so far, I haven't got there. So far, still haven't figured out what I, what I want to do when I grow up. So there's that as well. Um, another good matchup on in the so back to the college football slate. Uh, another good matchup I'm gonna say is LSU Ole Miss. I really think Ole Miss can pull that off at a home, so that'll be a good game. And that's on at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Central. This could be a really good game on on ABC on Saturday night. Notre Dame and Duke. That could be a fun time. Um, let's see. You got Iowa, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's in turmoil. You got Alabama, Mississippi State for an 8 o'clock game. And there's not really anything. Oh, hey, a good late game matchup. Could be Washington and Arizona, but I think Washington just blows them out. So there's uh, some of the few highlights for college football. So, oh, and also if you want to watch tonight on ES, well, I guess, I mean, you're not going to watch tonight because when I'm recording this, uh... It won't be posted until after this, after this game. But you know, just throwing it out there. Temple Tulsa is on Thursday night, six thirty. Uh, go Tulsa! Thank you. Um, all right, now let's go to the NFL slate, shall we? Let's go. What's going on with the NFL slate this week? All right, you got the uh, you had the Lions and Packers. Hopefully, uh, Lions win. Just saying. You got the Falcons and Jaguars, and I think the Falcons. You know, just coming off, uh, 
you know, being two and one, I think that they beat the Jaguars because the Jaguars look like like they're in disarray after they lost to the Texans. Uh, Miami goes up to Buffalo, and Miami's on a different level right now than anybody else in this world. So Miami gets the win. And then you got the Toilet Bowl, Super Bowl of the year that nobody really wants to watch. Not even the two fan bases probably want to watch this game. But you got the Broncos and the Bears at Soldier Field. So I think Russell Wilson and Sean Payton finally get a win. Because Justin Fields hates his head coach. <coughs> so, yeah. Uh, then you got the Ravens, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Titans. I was actually shocked at how well Joe Burrow played on a calf injury. I was saying up to that up to that week that he was not going to play. And then he goes out there. I mean, he only put up eight fantasy points, and thank God I benched him. Otherwise, I would have lost. But um, he went out and played and did good. So, more power to Joe Burrow. Also, you got the Rams-Colts. I'm thinking the Rams bounce, at, bounce back and beat the Colts. Okay. Oh, uh, let's see. You got the Saints Buccaneers. Saints Dennis Allen apparently has his defense on lockdown right now, even though they did lose to the Pack. Eagles Commanders. Uh, for all, anybody that doesn't know, that's the Washington Commanders, which I think is the dumbest team name that you could have picked. Should have went Red Hawks, because then you could have still used the feather on the helmet. You dumbass. So there's that. Uh, Vikings Panthers. Vikings finally get a one. A battle of zero and three teams down in Carolina. Vikings finally finally get a win. Uh, the Steelers Texans Steelers continue to get look. Kenny Pickett looks like he's winning the MVP. Just saying. You got the Chargers Raiders. As bad as the Raiders look, going Chargers. Cowboys Patriots. Uh, this could be a toss up, but we'll go Cowboys. Let's see. They're at home. We'll see what that happens. Niners Cardinals. Uh, maybe this week the Cardinals go. They're not the Cardinals. The Niners go for seventy three against the Cardinals. Uh, and then the late game uh, for 7.20 on NBC Eastern, or Central Time, 7.20 Central Time. You got the Chiefs-Jets, which I'm pretty sure they made that game that time because they were like, oh, hey, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers' career with the Jets lasted, or the season with the Jets lasted four plays. So there's that. And then you got Monday Night Football. Oh, by the way, we're going Chiefs against the Jets because – yeah, and then you got the Seahawks and Giants, and we're going Giants at home against the Seahawks. So, there's your picks, football picks for the week. Uh, USC is going to blow out Colorado, just saying. Um, and y'all have a great week, and golf season's over, so guess what? We can actually make podcasts now. So, well, golf league, my golf season doesn't end for another month, you know. But thanks for all for showing up. Thank you all for coming out. Love every one of you. Appreciate you listening. I went on a 47-minute ramble, but you guys enjoyed it. So tweet me, TikTok, you know, message me, whatever. Find me on Twitch because we're doing gaming streaming today again, and we're going live soon. So y'all have a great time, great week. Love you. See you back in here next week, boys and girls, for Football Friday.